Amen. Amen. All right. Um, as we prepare for our message, I also want to kind of give out another invitation. I did that when I first here, but to begin this year and kind of renew some relationships maybe that I haven't seen some folks in a while, I want to renew the invitation to you to invite me to lunch, to coffee, to come visit at the church, uh, sit outside when it's not snowing, um, that, that we can visit. So I want to keep that um, personal relationship going. So uh, please, if you uh, would like to meet with me, I would love to spend some time uh, visiting with you all. So, all right. So as I said, we are beginning our series on discipleship, and we called it The Life. Um, and that was very purposeful. I was talking to Jim Kern, and, and being Methodist, we hear discipleship a lot, and we hear stuff about a curriculum or a pathway, um, if you will, a very linear um, kind of something that you educate yourself on. And that's not what the Bible describes as a disciple's life at all. Yeah, I mean, it's a way of life. If you look at how the disciples were called, they were called and they left their nets, the, they left their tax tables, and, and they went and they followed Christ. So being a disciple is not something we do uh, as a part of our life, that we go to church on Sunday or we go to a life group occasionally, but being a disciple is following Christ, being a follower of Christ throughout our entire lives. It is living the life. You know, and how do you become a disciple? And when we look, you know, it's not a class. You, if you look at Scripture, how you become a disciple is by being a disciple. It's, it's living the life, and God shapes you and molds you. As you learn, learning's a part about it, and read Scripture and stay in, in contact with God. Um, it's part of it. You learn about God, but you are living a life with Christ. In relationship. And God takes those you know, good times, struggles, mountaintops, valleys, all things, uh, victories, uh, mistakes. And God takes all of those and uses those to shape us and mold us into his disciple. And all the while, we grow as a disciple. We grow in his image. And so it is by living the life. And the scripture tells us if we, a summary of that is, if we live into the life, the more we live into the life of a disciple, the stronger our relationship with Christ will be. And then, in turn, the stronger our relationship with Christ is, the more we will want to and the more we will live into the life. So it feeds one another. And so that's why this is so important, that we become those disciples in Acts. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking what we know in, in the Methodist circle as the means of grace, right? And so we're going to be talking about prayer today, but we'll talk about scripture and service. We'll talk about living in the body of Christ. Um, and we're going to talk about these things. And also uh, on Wednesday nights, when we go into depth, as I said, um, at our new time at 6.30, we'll have uh, one of our many ordained people to hit, get, hear their side and their take and their experience and their knowledge about a certain topic. Uh, this week, I have prayer, and I'm going to be doing prayer, and then I think David is scripture, and uh, the list goes on. We have the list. It's posted. 
So I want us to go in depth and understand that how we become disciples is by being disciples, living the life of a disciple. All right, without further ado, let's go talk about prayer a little bit today. Our scripture for prayer comes um, out of Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. Listen for the word of the Lord. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who sees what is done and is in secret and will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for the Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also are forgiven of our, or forgiving our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from, me, from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. This is the word of God for the people of God. So as I talked about this idea of discipleship, discipleship is a relationship with God. In, in our scripture, we hear the, the difference uh, when uh, Jesus is talking about prayer, we hear the difference between religion and relationship. And that's one of the biggest things that we have to understand if we're going to be disciples of Christ. There's a huge difference between being a religious person and having a relationship with Christ. And if you read the Beatitudes, if you read the Sermon on the Mount, you realize Jesus is saying, I want a relationship. I mean, that's from the beginning, that's what God has wanted. That's why we were created. Two greatest commands, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love one another as yourself. To love God and to love others. We were created for relationships. And because of sin, because we chose our will over God's will, that relationship is broken. And God has spent the entire Bible trying to pursue and to restore that relationship. And it is through Jesus Christ that that covenant, that relationship is restored. And that's what God is pursuing, and that's what God wants. And so we don't need, especially moving into the future, we don't need any more religious people. But we need people that have a relationship with Christ. We need followers. We need people that are living the life, not just on Sunday, not just once a week in life group, but out in the world where the hurting, where the suffering, where the need is. You know, this, oftentimes we have made church, if you say, hey, are you a Christian? Yeah, I go to church. All right, well, that's part of it, but that's not the part of it. This is supposed to be where we learn in our, in our 
church functions, life groups or studies or worship. This is where we learn, where we get fired up, where we get revived. Uh, this is the game room. The, the game we're playing, the, the, the fight that we're fighting is out there. But too many Christians are just staying in the locker room and think that's their Christian life. That's their discipleship. No, it's living the life every day. And the body of Christ and all that we do is there to support us and lift us up, to encourage us. This is where we learn more how to do it, where we get revived, where, we, where the world takes it out of us. We, we come back and get filled up and go do it again. And so we need people that are going to live the life. We don't need any more religious people. We need people that want a relationship. And that's because that's what God has always wanted with us, a relationship. And so a lot of this talk and a lot of these aspects of how we look at these, it's going to be very relational in how we examine these. Prayer is not going to be any different. You know, how we, and it's very important to understand that this is a privilege to be able to pray so let's look at Hebrews, and some of this, I'm sorry, is going to be a little technical, but we need to, uh, one, I love that, but, but uh, the story, the witness part will be there, but we need to learn some basics. And one is, how can we come before the throne? We can go pray. We had a prayer vigil. We could pray in our car. We could pray at home. We could pray in here. We can pray at any time. We can come before a pure and holy God. That's amazing. And yet, how many times do we do that? There's some liturgy in the book of worship, in uh, the Methodist book of worship. It says, God is ever more ready to hear than we are to pray. And this is a privilege. If you go to Hebrews and you look at the Old Testament, I won't read the scripture, but Hebrews and in, in, in our life groups, I'm going to have a lot of scriptures that you can reference and Hebrews is one of those. And it talks about our great high priest that is eternal. It talks about the old system in the Old Testament where you, had to, you couldn't go into the Holy of Holies. You couldn't be in the very presence of God. You had to go through a high priest, an intercessory, right, that, that would intercess between us and God, humanity and God. But they were only, Hebrews tells us, they were only human. So they had to do it time after time. And yet they would die off. And they said, that system was a shadow of the greater system that was to come. That system of the, the, the old covenant was a shadow of the new and better covenant. When Jesus Christ now has become our high priest. And since he has been raised from the dead, it, it is eternal because he is pure and holy. It is forever. And it is through Christ our great, you'll hear me pray that sometimes. I thank you that I can come before the throne through our great eternal high priest, Jesus Christ. It is because of his death and resurrection that we are able to come before the throne of God at any time. Not because of our righteousness, not because of our holiness, but because of Christ. And so this is a privilege. And it's powerful. And yet, it's amazing how many people are afraid to pray. It, it, 
And it's not, this isn't a judgment. It's because we look at it wrong. When I, and I've been through the whole gamut, so understand. I don't come from this from a pastor that's been praying forever. I was a young, new Christian in my 20s. Uh, uh, very worldly, jock, stereotype guy, sitting in a, a, a Bible study, being a new Christian, just sweating the whole time, hoping they don't ask me to pray. So I understand. But I understand using my own experience, that's because I understood it wrong. I was worried about messing up in front of people. You know, I, I have a little ADD, and so I, you'll notice sometimes when I'm reading, I get ahead of myself because my mind's already jumped two sentences, and my mouth is still back here. And so I was praying the same thing. I'm worried about what I'm going to say to these people and how they're going to critique me and what if I say something wrong. I'm praying to the wrong person. I, one of my favorite things is to hear a young Christian, I don't care how old they are, a young Christian, and they step out there and say, hey, anybody want to pray? And everybody's like, oh. And they go, oh. they don't know you're not supposed to. They go, okay, I'll try it. And just the sincerity and the purity, it just comes from the heart. It, it's after we become Christian a while, we start throwing in all these fancy religious words and praying for people. Well, Jesus speaks about that in our scripture, doesn't he? Babbling on the street corners, going on and on like pagans. And I know when we read that, people are always making jokes about the pastor in their head. But prayer is talking and listening to God. Having a conversation. That's our first aspect of this, is that it's a conversation with somebody that desires a, a relationship with you. God in the flesh became Jesus Christ so we could have a personal understanding, so we could have a personal perspective. His disciples just talked to him. Said when they were afraid. Said, why aren't you doing anything? They got on to him sometimes. They said, why aren't you doing anything? Or we're afraid, or what's coming next? They just talked to him. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to talk. We're supposed to share with God and, and listen to God. And this is where we see that interdependence. We can't just pray and hope to listen to God without reading Scripture. There's been many a times I've been praying, and the answer is in a Scripture, God has popped into my head. If I don't have that Scripture, how am I going to get that answer? Now, that's not always. There's many different ways. So this, you see the interdependence. All this stuff is intertwined. As I talk to God, I learn about God through Scripture, but that's next week. So we, we share our heart with God. Philippians 4 says, rejoice, rejoice always. I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident that the Lord is in there. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the Psalms are full of prayers. You have searched me, O Lord. You know me. You know when I sit down. You know when I rise, when you perceive my thoughts from afar. And our, our scripture, Matthew 6, tells us that, right? 
God knows our hearts. He doesn't need me to tell him I'm scared. He doesn't need me to tell him I'm anxious or I'm messing up. He wants me to tell him that I'm, hey, God, I'm scared. Or I'm a little anxious about this. Because he wants us, in sharing that, we get comforted. In speaking that aloud or through our hearts, God can speak to us. And so it is sharing of our hearts with God. Remember, this is a relationship. God wants a a personal, intimate relationship with us. And you're not going to have that if you're not sharing your heart with him. Or if you're only just asking him for stuff all the time. And that's the other thing. We don't know what's best for us. Right? There's been several times I was praying one thing, it didn't happen, or it did happen. And I go, that was, this is awful. Right? I can name a church or two. But where you just pray, and there's been things that happened, and I thought, oh, this made a mistake. I made a mistake. And then as it unfolded, it turned out to be one of the biggest blessings in my life. So we have to share our heart with, and uh, I'll go to the next one. So it's sharing of our hearts with God. The second aspect is that it is not just, it is also lifting up, encouraging. In a relationship, if it's a close relationship, you, you encourage one another. You hold one another accountable. You know, if I've never said anything nice to my wife, we wouldn't have a very good relationship. If I was only negative or just ignored, in the same way, we we have to, can't just ignore God. God has done so much for us. I mean, the list is long. God has so much. And so we are supposed to lift him up and praise, give him adoration for all that he has done. Hebrews 13, 15 says, through Jesus, therefore let us continually offer God sacrifice and praise, the fruit of lips that only profess his name. And then there's tons of Psalms, Psalm 71, Psalm 145, Psalm 150. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. That we, prayer is a time to praise God and thank God for all that God has done for us. And and it's not just about giving God his due. When we do that, we are in a, that helps put us in a state and a heart of humility. And remember what it is God that has done this for us. That was one of the problems in the Old Testament in the Hebrew people, right? They constantly were getting arrogant and God would bless them and do something and they would look around and say, look what we have done. So when we constantly remember to praise and thank God for our lives and for our blessings and for Christ and for our salvation, it keeps us in right relationship with God. And then thirdly, probably most important, and again, we could go and make subcategories of each one of these in details. And I see a lot of discipleship programs that do that. And the regiment becomes so strict and long, it's hard to do. So I want to, my goal throughout this series is preach the spirit of what we're talking about. 
so that we can live into that the way God wants us to in our own unique way. So when prayer is a conversation with God, it's listening and talking, it's encouraging and being built up both ways. God, when we are put God in his throne, lift him up, then we are also encouraged that God is sovereign and with us. And then finally, prayer is lining our will up with God. So it's lifting up number two. Third is lining up. We need to line up our will with God's will. There's some, Matthew 21 says, truly I tell you, if you have faith, no doubt, you can pray whatever you want and God will give it to you. Now, understand scripture informs scripture. That doesn't mean whatever you want. If you take the totality of scriptures of prayer, it means whatever you want in his will. God's not gonna grant a prayer that you want that's gonna be harmful to you or to someone else. And so we need to align our will with God's will. In Genesis 3, we know that that the essence of original sin at the root of sin is our will over God's will, and that was broken. What what was the temptation in the garden? Well, that was the specific thing, but the temptation was don't listen to God, right? It could have been anything, but he said, Surely you won't die, right? That was the temptation. It's pleasing. Choose your will, your will over God's will. And so what is prayer? We see it in, in, in it's fixing that. It's not more than just prayer, but that same truth of lining our will with God's will goes for prayer. We look at, let's go to the other garden. I talk about this a lot because these two things are, are the first Adam, the second Adam. That's a whole nother sermon. But let's go to Jesus in Gethsemane, right? He prays his will. He says it out loud. My will, Father, take this cup from me if you can. In other words, I'd rather not go through what I'm about to go through. That was his will. But in his prayer, what did he say ultimately? Not my will, your will be done. Because God's will is the best for us. God's will is the best for everybody, whether we can see it or not. So I don't ever want, I've, I've said a lot, of, especially early on, I've said a lot of stupid prayers in my life that I look back and go, what were you thinking? And praise God, he didn't give me any of them. But now, first thing I sit down, when I prayed on the prayer vigil, I pray, God, what do you want me to pray? I'll read scripture until something pops in my head. Uh, I'll wait for something to come to me instead of just sitting down and saying, I want this, this, and this, and this. Lord, show me what to pray. I might, I might pull a Jesus and say, well, I think I would like this, but you know better. So whatever's best, let me see it. Let me live in that. And so it's lining our will up with God's will. And that's probably the most important thing about prayer. And to do that, we have to live into our life. It is really hard. I'm just telling you, it is really hard to live uh, this Christian life or to be a disciple jumping in and out. Because you have to get familiar with somebody if you're in a relationship. I've shared with you about my wife 
and, and listening to her on the phone. After near this, this May 6th, it'll be 30 years. I was just home for a few days and I've listened to her talk on the phone. Oh, that's her sister-in-law talking to her mom. Oh, that's Madison. That's more. I know exact person she's talking to without hearing a word from the person because I've gotten so familiar with her voice. That's how we hear God. Getting familiar with God's voice. So the more depth we have in our conversation with God, the more often we have conversation with God, the more familiar we will become with God's voice. And that's the spirit of prayer. God wants us to talk to him. God wants us to be in conversation. God wants us to know his voice. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for your patience with me. Lord, I would just continue to pray that we would open our hearts and our minds, that, Lord, we would just come to you and pour out our hearts and just talk to you. And, Lord, that we would listen to you. And that we would not be so eager to ask or demand or direct, but to receive and listen. Lord, help us to know you more. Help us to desire to live the life of a disciple, to be a follower of Christ, to be in a deep and intimate relationship with you, that we might live our life for you and live our life for the gospel of Christ. It is in his holy name we pray. Amen.